Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Compared to the ghost pepper, this is about 13 times hotter than the other one. So, Hawk, I'll let you start it off. We need a spicy take, and then we need a scalding take here. Let's start off with the spicy, and then Dad and I are going to try the soups and get ours. Spicy take. Russell Wilson and Kenny Pickett will be Pro Bowl quarterbacks after the season. Ooh, all right. Wow. All right, that's pretty spicy. That's pretty spicy. That's pretty spicy. Mm -hmm. All right, we're going to eat. All right, Dad, let's try yeah. the soup, and then I'll get your spicy take, and I'll finish it off with mine, okay? All right, so this is the spicy chicken noodle we're going with here. Okay. That sounds spicy. That's spicy. So now you got 13 times that coming up. That's yeah. not your normal chicken soup right there. That's not Grandma's. Wow. This got a little kick. It's like more of the afterburn. It's a it nice, is. It's, it fits on the tongue really well. You know nice. what? It's, it tastes really well, and then it goes boom, kind of pops you. Very cool. That was very John Madden-esque boom right there. All right, here's here's what the take, old man. Here's what the take. My take, Tyreek Hill will be the offensive player of the year. All right. He was was second in yardage to Justin Jefferson who won it last year. I don't know if that's as spicy as the soup. I don't know if that's as spicy as the soup, but I like it. The next one is the hot take. The hot take. This was a spicy one. Yeah. Next one's hot. That's mine. What's yours? Okay, I like that. All right, this one I had to think long and hard about, and I had to go back and look last year. You mentioned Kenny Pickett. Yep. Threw for about 2,500 yards last year. Mm-hmm. Didn't play all the – I think uh, played and started in 13 games last year. And so I'm looking at the rookie quarterback class this year. I'm going to say my spicy take is Bryce Young goes over 4,000 yards this year. Over wow. becomes, hey. becomes one of a handful of quarterbacks. Passing to or that. total? Passing. Wow. Passing yards okay. this year. We're talking about Andrew Luck. We're That's talking spicy. about Justin Herbert. That's spicy. We're talking about Cam Newton back in the day. I think Cam became the first quarterback. So I'll come full circle and say, I don't know if he breaks Cam's. I think Cam was 4,051 yards, uh-huh. but he's going to be within range of that this year. The receiving core is not quite the same uh-huh. as what a lot of those guys walked in. But I think what we saw in the preseason from That's Bryce Young is a lot of what I saw at Alabama, which is a guy with uncommon accuracy in his balls ball. and a guy who yeah. I think is going to have to. Because I think that team's also going to be playing in a division where you're going to be in some tough games against potentially shootouts with the Falcons, a great Saints defense. So I think he's going to have a chance. And battling back from games, right? Yes, Throwing a lot in second half. Those are good ones, and my mouth is still a little on fire. All right, well, let's get up to the the scalding Scalding hot take then here. Hawk, you start off here, and we are going to try the ghost pepper chicken noodle soup. So this theoretically should be 13 times times than the previous take. Yes. All right. Cleveland Browns will be in the AFC Championship. Ooh, okay. AFC Championship game? AFC okay. Championship game. 
This man knows how to spice it up. He may have just times. 13 Ooh. X, baby. Wow. Ooh. Okay. All right, Dan. All right. It's time for soup now. I'm I'm actually hungry. Are you guys going to be able to? Give your take after you try this. You soup. might have to host the rest of the show. I was going to say, show. give uh, me your, your cards, yeah. and I'll read your takes for you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Legit spicy. No, this, like I said, this isn't acting for TV. My mouth is warm, and we don't oh. have milk. <laughs> Dad, all right, spicy take. Heat him up, Dad. My spicy take <laughs> is along the lines of that. And I'm not basing it off a win tonight. I don't know if they will. I'm saying the Detroit Lions make it to the NFC Championship game. Wow. Oh, all right. Yeah. Pander Poppy. Whoa. I see you. My mouth <laughs> is on Poppy. fire, but that was so good. It is really good. And wow. honestly, it's settling in nicely. It is. It's mixing in with the barbecue I had earlier yours, today. I'm going to keep eating mine. Yeah, I was going to say, they told, they told us before, they're like, take a TV bite. We don't want you to succumb to the soup. Mm. And I'm like, I'm built different. I'm a You're big boy. Yeah, 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 I got it. This stomach, it, honestly, is delicious soup. Again, taste taste the soup. Taste the soup. <laughs> taste the soup. <laughs> What's your hot take? My hot take, I, I, I'm willing to, like, guarantee money in the bank on this one. Oh, I'm going to say mid-November. You're going to walk into TV Monday. You're going to turn on first take. Stephen A. Smith's going to be sitting there with Shannon Sharp. Uh-huh. And he's going to look up and say, Sam Darnold is the quarterback of the 49ers' future. We're going to have a two-week oh, wow. stretch at some point wow. in November this That's... season. Sam Darnold's going to get on the field right now. Uh. I think we could see a little bit of Brock Purdy regression this season. And at some point, he's going to see time out there. And somebody in the more to, in the sports media sphere is going to be talking him up. About the future. That's as, that's as spicy as that I might get for be... you here going into this season. Check, please. That might we're be 26X. We're going to try and recover here and get back to looking up to the upcoming NFL season next on Gojo and Golik. <laughs> Welcome back to Gojo and Golick. Mike Golick Jr., Mike Golick Sr., Andrew Hawkins. Mm. Hanging out here out in front of Arrowhead Stadium, getting ready for the start of the 2023 NFL season. Hawk just watched me and Dad both absorb the Campbell's Chunky <laughs> Spicy yeah. Soups. We yeah. had up here were fueled by Campbell's Chunky, the official sued partner, a yes. proud partner of the Kansas City It's Chiefs, really good. I mean, I it, it definitely was hot and spicy, but. You guys hot guys? You could, yeah, 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 okay. yeah definitely. I can say it's, that makes sense. You know, I, I'd say I, I'm, I'm white. I'm not that white to where yeah, like yeah, anything no spicy spice. just immediately melts me. You're not Dan. Oh, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I can say okay. you're gonna see Andrew Hawkins a lot on NFL Live this yeah. upcoming fall, and you're gonna have to hang out with Dan Orlovsky. Yes. And like maybe just sneak a little bit of salt onto his food wow. in the cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs> so he has the worst food takes of all time. It's they're it's really terrible. They're bad. Horrible. They're bad. Yeah. So thankfully the NFL takes are a lot better than that, and that's what they're paying him for anyway. And that's what we're excited to have you here, Hawk. I want to get to something where the world of college sports is going to meet the NFL here soon. Mm -hmm. Caleb Williams' dad had some interesting comments the other day relative to the draft, but as we're getting ready to open this season, so many people look at the Kansas City Chiefs uh -huh. as head-to-head -head right now with one of your old teams in the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe yeah. Burrow has gone into that organization mm -hmm. and done the impossible, it seems like, willed them now to Super Bowl contending status. You yeah. guys had plenty of good years there. That combination of Andy Dalton for so long yeah, yeah. there was one that got you towards the playoff, but now it seems like, do you think they're ready to take that next step and be Super Bowl champions? They, yes, yes. Um, I think they've definitely shown and proved that not only are they ready to take that next step, that it wasn't a fluke, right? I think what they yeah. were able to do a year ago after coming off of that season where they were in the Super Bowl kind of showed that they believe not only that they have the ability, but they belong. And they look at the Kansas City Chiefs in a different way than everyone else does. They, I mean, they... 
don't back down from them. They, they, they uh, get excited about the opportunity to compete against them, and they feel like they belong, and they want the opportunity yeah. to show everybody that they can knock them off. You know, we, as, as I think it's pretty evident the AFC is the deeper conference. Are we still, we always say one, two, three is basically Kansas City, Cincinnati, Buffalo. Uh-huh. Are we still there? Are we still Kansas City, Cincinnati? Is Buffalo still uh-huh. there? Has Miami jumped up? Is it Lamar Jackson and Todd Munkin now with the Ravens? Yeah. I mean, is there a, someone else that jumps in this top three? And, I, and who would you knock out? That's an incredible question. I think it's a top two. I don't think right. the Buffalo are in top three. Are you, do you think their best chance is behind them? I don't, I don't know if they're – they don't have any more chance now than they've ever had, and that's how I view them. I don't think it's behind them, but I think, you know, like, like everybody, a lot of things have to go right, but I don't look at the Buffalo Bills and say, oh, they're, they're one of the teams to beat because we've seen this before, and in those moments, they haven't shown that, whereas the Bengals and Joe Burrow specifically have. Patrick Mahomes, obviously, as we're here dropping banners – he does it consistently, and I don't think Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, with the roster they have, the talent they have on defense and offense, have shown that we should keep them in that tier. Have you read into any of the offseason strife around Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen? That quarterback-receiver relationship, always so important. Stephon Diggs has been instrumental to Josh Allen's growth when they brought yes. him over there. It was different, but this offseason, we saw them actually have to address some things going into training camp. Does any of that worry you at the start of the season? Yes, absolutely. I don't think any of that is fake. You know, it's not like quarterback receiver beasts don't right. come from nowhere. Like we don't all of a sudden say, oh, there's trouble there. And then when people are addressing it in a press conference where there is smoke, there is fire. And I don't know what caused the issues. A lot of it, I think, is, you know, Josh Allen becomes a larger than life figure. I'm sure as every receiver does, you feel like you're the catalyst of it. The quarterback feels like he's it. Like yep. the age old thing goes when two superstars are together. Eventually, somebody wants to own the credit. And that's typically where the partnerships go the opposite way. You know, and I agree with you. I think it is Kansas City and Cincinnati up here, and then Buffalo, the other teams are starting to either get even with them or pass them. So Mm -hmm. if neither Kansas City or Cincinnati is getting to the Super Bowl, what AFC team is? I... Beyond the, the Browns' hot, spicy take I gave mm. you, I will, ex- you I will extract You gave him in the AFC title game. You didn't yeah. put him in the Super give, Bowl. Yeah, I didn't put him in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I, I like the Ravens. Um, I think Lamar Jackson is going to have a huge year. You know, everything that I've seen from Lamar, everything I've heard from him, everything, everything that I, I've witnessed when I'm around him is he is singularly focused on winning a championship. And I truly think the whole contract saga over the last couple of years did them a disservice, and I think he'll be focused again and ready to get going. And, I mean, we've seen the receiving weapons they've plugged in there. Obviously, you got Odell Beckham Jr. there. Brings yep. a wealth of experience despite battling back from some injury. And then Zay Flowers, have you been surprised at how quickly and easily it seems like now rookie wideouts have come in and been able to make an impact with teams? I'm not surprised by it because I think what people are looking for in NFL receivers has changed. Like huh. when I was coming out, we were all looking for the six foot four, 210 pound positioning because then corners were like 5'10, 5'11. Sure. Right? Now the corners have grown. Now the corners are like six foot, 6'1, six 6'2, six which means they're not as good at changing direction. So now when we look at college receivers who can play right away, you're looking at route runners, explosion, and separation. Guys like Justin Jefferson, if you run routes like that yeah. and you can separate, then you can help any quarterback because the throws are easier. And that's what Zay Flowers does really well. Why? Because we're seeing running backs make so many catches out of the backfield as well, as many or more than wide receivers at time, i.e. see Austin Eckler. Mm-hmm. Why, are they, why is their value going down? 
they don't have as much of a horizon as far as a career, right? Like, the NFL is all about potential. You get drafted based on the potential. It's not just stats. When you're in the league and you get contracts, we don't pay you for what you've done. We pay you for what you're going to right. do. Well, court or running backs in the NFL, in that moment where everybody else is reaching their peak, which is 27, 28, yep. running backs are going the other way. And the other thing the NFL does even more than try to pinpoint potential, they try to get out before it's too late. When receivers hit 30, no matter what stats you have, we start pulling back because eventually time is going to catch up with you. And unfortunately for running backs, your peak time now is your first contract. And with the rookie wage scale and obviously where you're drafted, it's just not enough time, opportunity to make the money that they typically have in the past. So you mentioned time, money, potential. Mm -hmm. I want to look at something as the college players make the transition to the pro. The college games change, NIL's out yep. there. It's a bigger factor than ever. Oh, Caleb yeah. Williams, the guy who's the presumptive number one overall pick of the upcoming draft, mm -hmm. reigning Heisman Trophy winner at SC. His dad came out the other day and made some comments basically insinuating that if they didn't like who was situated for that number one pick, there's a thought that maybe with all that NIL money available, Caleb might go back to school for another year at USC. Hawk, do you think we're at a point where that's a viable option for players going up against a draft structure that we know isn't inherently fair to players, rewards yeah. bad teams and bad organizations for their incompetence. Do you think we're there yet? Yes. Yes, I do. Short answer. I think that I don't know exactly what the numbers are, but when you look at what a quarterback will make in his rookie deal, even if you are drafted number one overall, there is potential to get not just a little bit more than you'll get on a per-year basis in the league in college, a lot more. Um, there were rumors of certain quarterbacks having packages between 13 and $17 million to come back last year or play a year. And if Caleb Williams comes out this year, he has the season we think he will, they contend for a national title, you don't think that they're going to be able to gather the NIL money to get him set 15 to $20 million for another year? And if I'm him... I, I think it'd be silly not to take that. So, first off, I completely disagree, and I'm going to need to see proof that a guy's going to get 13 to 15 mil in college. I, I, a, I don't see that yet at all. I, B, if you are going to be the number one pick in the draft, I don't care what your average annual salary is, yep. you are guaranteed – by, by the time he gets picked number one next year, I think probably, Bryce Young was about 25 to $27 million. So, say $28, $30 million year, yeah. guaranteed in your pocket as opposed to you not liking who has the number one pick, you going back, say you make eight to 10 mil, and I even think that could be high, and risking an injury. When you're guaranteed $30 million, I'll use this line I've used on TV a lot, no way on God's green <laughs> earth will Caleb Williams, if he's going to be the number one quarterback pick next year, will he go back to SC? I disagree. I, I, think, I think we're close. I don't know if we're there yet, just because to me, guarantees the interesting word. These NIL contracts, we're learning a lot about. And what does it look like if you're guaranteed for injury? And I think most importantly in all this is for Caleb Williams, there's no guarantee that right now you still deal with a finite time limit in college for your mm -hmm. draft status and for your eligibility. There's no guarantee that whoever holds the number one pick the year after is going to be in any better situation. Exactly. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're opening yourself up to more risk yeah. for an uncertain amount of gain. But I think we're close, and I think that's a good thing because the draft is an inherently bunk system when it comes to you reward organizational incompetence because structural parity dictated right. by the NFL is a lot easier than getting organizations that's not to be better than anytime they've been. soon. It's not changing, but with the advent of NIL and what is available, we're inching closer to that. And maybe outright pay for play soon pushes that over the goal line. Yep. We'll wait and see what the goal line looks like there. Let's get to some old faces in new places and rule changes around the NFL next year on the show.
when you're out with friends, the waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options. And I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Golick Sr. caught up with another former USC Heisman winner, Matt Leinert. Joining us now, Matt Leiner from Big Noon Kickoff on Fox and here to talk about Coke Zero Sugar as well. Matt, appreciate the time. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, good to see you. Yeah, last time we kind of saw each other, I was by the set uh, where you guys were on campus at Notre Dame doing some stuff and you were on set there. It was freezing rain and it turned out to be kind of a real kind of outlook for you and your USC Trojans that day. I don't want to rub it in, but I just had to start there. Uh, listen, you might as well rub it in because we deserve it. Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, I was super pumped to be there because that was my first time back since the 05 game, obviously. The, oh, kind wow, of really? Yeah, it was awesome. And then obviously the game didn't didn't go as planned, at least for me. But Yeah, it's a good thing you don't have a guy on the show with you every week that gives you a hard time about it either with Brady Quinn. Huh? I mean, th this guy is just obnoxiously like relentless about Notre Dame I will just say this always I'm like dude I just say this no matter what happens I you never you never beat us when we were there so you just never beat us and that's what I that's what I stand by no matter what that's all I could say listen if you got if you can hang your hat on that that's a good one to hang it on so looking overall at the Pac-12 something obviously you were such a huge part of Seeing it now in its last year, five teams are in the top 25. It looks like you won as we'll get to maybe getting to be there at the end of the season. But just overall from a nostalgic kind of way of looking at it, what does it feel like the, the last year of the Pac-12? Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of sad. You know, obviously just the traditionalists in me and, and being a part of that conference where um, I, I was personally a part of some incredible teams at USC and um, just the memories I have of being a part of that conference, you know, those are things that I'll, I'll have forever. So, so it is a little bit bittersweet to kind of see it dissolve and, and everyone kind of, everyone's kind of moving in their own direction. Um, but you know, we all know that's kind of the landscape of what college football is and that's, that's the way it's going and you kind of got to get on board or you're going to get left behind. I, I will say this. So I think it's been, it's been kind of awesome to see. And, and I hope it ends up with a PAC 12 team in the playoff. That's, that's what I hope happens. But 
it, it's been great to see because this conference, I think, is the deepest in college football. Uh, you got multiple Heisman candidates at quarterback. You got great teams. Um, you got a lot. I mean, and, and you know, the, the, the tough part is they might all beat up each other, which is kind of what's happening now already. But I'll tell you what, they're, they're kind of going out with a bang. And um, it's been really high-quality football. You kind of got a lot of everything. You know, you got the, the back and forth, the USC games. You got Michael Penix Jr. lighting on fire. Oregon, to me, is – I think they're one of the best teams in the country. I, re I really believe that. I think they have a real good shot of, of winning out and get to a playoff. We'll see what happens. But, um, you know, it's, it's a little bittersweet. But I, I'm happy that – it's it's you know they're going out it kind of with the bang like because it's been really great football this year. It, it is very ironic that, and I agree with you. It's the deepest conference in the country, mm -hmm. and it's the deepest quarterback conference in the country as yeah. well with the talent of com uh, of quarterbacks there. And it's gonna it's gonna be defunct after this year. It kind of blows my mind. So along those lines, you just said it about Oregon. So I, I guess that's where you're going to go in your mind. Who is the best team in the Pac-12? Yeah, I think it's Oregon. And I, I don't want to say I don't think it's close because I think it, it is. And I know they lost to Washington. But as far as as far as the most complete and kind of they're hitting their stride, I mean, that win against Utah was was really – I mean, Utah's tough. And I don't think this is yeah. the same type of Utah team, but they've been kind of the standard the last couple of years. And um, they, they have all the pieces. You know, I get to see a lot of teams in, in the Big Ten, uh, national, you know, Michigan, Ohio State. Um, see some Texas, you know, I've seen Texas, like they are as good as anybody, in my opinion, they have a, they have a strong defense and, and the playmakers, but Bo Nix is a stud, man. Like th this kid, I don't, I don't, I think he, he gets a little overshadowed because Caleb Williams is so good. Michael Penix Jr. Is just, you know, they're throwing the ball all over the yard. Um, and then even outside the conference, there's been some, some great quarterback play. Bo Nix is really special. I think he's playing himself into potentially a first round. Um, and, and I'll tell you what, that team is loaded. So that's my pick as of now. Again, I think anything can happen, but I'll tell you what, they are, they're really good, like really good. Yeah, they put up 35 on Utah. It's known to have always such a tough defense. Right. Uh, and you're just hoping they don't cannibalize one another and we actually right. get to that Pac-12 title game in a rematch of Washington and Oregon with possibly the winner uh, getting into the playoffs. As far as your alma mater and USC, what, what do you think is, is – needs to be fixed the most on that team there there's a lot you know I, I think you know you look at you know you look at the defense obviously that's that's first and foremost and um you know whether it's schematics or whether it's personnel I, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of issues on that side of the ball um and and again I, I've watched enough film on them you know just just you know missed tackles and stuff like that so you know, you hate to point the finger, but it is what it is. I mean, proof is in the numbers and, and what they're what they're putting on film. So, you know, that that's something that I think as Lincoln continues to build, I, I just say, you know, I try to look at the silver lining. You know, he is in year two. He overhauled the whole roster. Um, he has the best player in college football, maybe, maybe ever, you know, who knows? But Caleb Williams is as good as they come. Um, you know, I think Caleb is masked some of the deficiencies that they have as an, as a team. Um, because he's so good, and I think I think they're a little too reliant on him just making plays. I think you know Notre Dame was a perfect example. Like if you can take away some of the things that he does really well and kind of force him to try and be great at a time, the result happens: turnovers, and then they kind of go stagnant sometimes on offense. That's just not all on him. You know, I think offensive line has been 
Um, you know, at times they've really struggled. So again, there's a lot of things there. And again, Lincoln is building this thing. Um, I, I think, you know, as the fans and even myself, you know, you get frustrated because you want to see things happen fast and you have all of these expectations. Um, I, I do think that we, including myself, need to kind of sit back and let this kind of, you know, build itself out. But um, certainly if they're going to compete and if they're going to compete in the Big Ten in a year, um, th they have to get better in a lot of areas. And that starts with the recruiting and then you can attack the transfer portal. But if not, you know, the Big Ten is no joke. You know, they're, they're, they could get beat up out there if they don't get better in a lot of these, especially up front. You know, that's the big thing. That's the difference, as you know, SEC, some of the Big Ten play. You got to be really good up front on both lines. Do you believe Caleb is the best pro? Not there's a difference of best quarterback in college football right. and and best pro prospect. Do you think he is the best pro prospect? And if so, how do you see his game projecting at that level? I, I do. I, I really do. Um, I, I just everything that he does, and and first to like, and and I know this as well as everybody. Like, you know, if you you know physically. But it's also mental. It's also how you prepare. It's also how you, you, you approach the game and all of those things. You have to be a student. You have to love it and live it every moment of it. And I could, we, we could all talk about how great he is physically. Like, like he's as rare, the running, the throwing, some of the, the throws that he can make off balance. Like all of that stuff is very Mahomes-like. I think that's the, the comparison that he gets a lot of. But I'll tell you what, I know him well enough and I know his approach and his mental part of his game, I think is why I think he's just so good. Like, cause he genuinely wants to be the best quarterback to ever live. Now that's, that's, that's a very lofty statement. That's a lofty goal, but like he believes it, you know what I mean? Like it's not lip service. He, he, he goes to work every day. He goes home. He doesn't really care about all the other stuff. So like, I, I just think the way he handles himself and his approach to the game and his work ethic combined with the unreal gifts that he has that's just to me why I think he has a chance to be that special. And again, uh, you know, the, the NFL is a different beast and, and you got to go to a right, right franchise and a right organization and opportunity that can really highlight what you do well, as we know at that level. But um, Tony, what, call it out, coming out of college, I just I haven't seen better. I, he's just that good, in my opinion. So I want to ask you about Coke Zero Sugar in a second, but along those lines and and. It's about Caleb, but it's not about Caleb because it's the way we're going. We heard his dad come out and say that maybe he right. wouldn't go even number one. He might go back because of the money he could make. And whether I, I don't think he'll do that if he's number one because my thought is next year at number one, it's going to be a bad team again. You were the 10th right. pick overall by the Cardinals back in, in 06. Could you, in today's day world of NIL, could you envision this ever happening where a guy, because he can get whatever millions in NIL that – he wouldn't go number one to a bad team and wait for the next year to go in the draft. I, I can't see it happening. I, I think if it's if it's if it's if you're projected maybe late first, second, third, of course. I mean, yeah. I, I could see you staying and and you're in a market where you can make a couple million bucks. Absolutely, I, I think that that would be a real scenario where you'd have to sit back and really kind of analyze the situation, but. Absolutely not. Like if you, he he's all but guaranteed, in my opinion, the number one pick in the draft. We don't know what team that's going to be. I would be shocked if he came back to school. I, I just would. I, I think that you know, listen, that guaranteed money is real. He can say all he wants about nil, or he's not even saying much. You know, whoever, all of the talk and all the rumors. Um, 
you know, there's just no comparison. So, um, yeah, and again, at the end of the day, number one pick, you're going to go to a team that uh, most likely needs a quarterback, you know, and, and, and that team has struggled. I mean, that's just the way it is. And that's why you're brought in to change the franchise, you know, to change the, to change uh, the organization. And, uh, but I, I don't, I just don't see him sitting out. I, I just, I, I could, I can't envision that happening. I'm with you. And that's why I want to reiterate. I said earlier, it's not him saying that it's the right, people right, around right. him that are, that are bringing that out. It's not him. So tell me what you're doing with Coke Zero Sugar. I drink it all the time. I dig it. Big fan of it. So me, what do you got going on? Me too. It's, it's, it's my favorite, uh, favorite soda, favorite drink. Um, so this campaign is really cool and it's about finding the best fan ever. And we all know college football, in my opinion, diehard fans, uh, they're the best fans in sport. Um, you're kind of born into fan bases and families and you got to eat, breathe, sleep, uh, college football. And, um, so Coke Zero Sugar and I were on this campaign to try and find the best fan ever. We've been at multiple stops so far, uh, picking out some of those best fans. Um, but the cool thing is, is the national best fan. So at the end of the year, Coke Zero Sugar will announce that best fan ever. And that winner will win um, a, a Heisman-like trophy. They'll win the first ever FIL deal, which is the fan ah. image liking deal. Um, they'll win twenty grand in stipend money to go travel to games next year, um, and a lot of other cool stuff. So it's a really cool deal, and it's just you know, Coke Zero Sugar is just highlighting the fans, and and uh, again, that's what makes our sport so unique. So it's pretty cool to be a part of it. Yeah, no matter what changes go on in sports, especially right. in college football, the fans are always going to be there. And I'll leave you with this. Are you now going to become a big Big Ten fan? <laughs> Is that right. USC? I know, I know. Right? I, I just can't. I can't wait to see. And again, I don't really get to go to the SC games because I'm traveling all the time. But I can't wait to see for, one, for USC fans to get a taste of the Big Ten because it's awesome football. It's, it's just the weather and just the fans. But also for some of those big teams to come out to the Coliseum and and for for the USC fans to get a taste of playing the Michigan's, Ohio State's, uh, Wisconsin, Penn State's of the world come out to the West Coast, man. So um, I think, you know, as we talked about earlier, it's, it's kind of bittersweet, but um, at least, you know, those brands and, and being a part of a, a really incredible conference, I think will be great for USC. So. Well, this has been awesome. I enjoy talking to you. And that's why I really hate to do this and leave it this way. But Notre Dame 48, USC 20. Sorry, I just, it just, I I had to say it. Awesome stuff from Matt Leinert uh, there uh, and dad. uh, Very cool program that they're running there too. So uh, excited and glad. I was glad you did that, dad. Uh, Our buddy, Dane Christ, who uh, was quarterback with us as a longtime listener to this podcast. His brother got married to a USC family last weekend and Dane did the same move that you did in his best man speech was to mention the final score of the Notre Dame SC game in front of that hostile road. I'm wondering though, I mean, you've gotten to know Matt, I believe over the years a bit. Now you weren't and couldn't be part of this interview have you have you come to come to terms and peace with the bush push have you talked it out with him in that whole situation because of how much that has scarred you so I don't know Matt super well, but the first time I met him was actually at the national championship last year, Georgia and TCU, and he was in a box at SoFi with Reggie Bush. It was the day that it got announced that Reggie Bush was going to be a part of the College Football Hall of Fame class okay. for that year, so it was kind of a celebration, and I got to meet both of them, and I remember talking to my buddy after, and I was like, I'm pissed. They're both awesome. 
Like yeah. Matt Leinart is everything you would expect yeah. the cool USC quarterback to be with all the magnetism, all of the charisma, rallying people together. And I'm like, I can't even hate these guys anymore. They gave me the worst moment of fandom in my childhood. <laughs> and yet here I am wondering, man, I hope I get to hang out with these guys again. So yeah, no, we didn't have to talk it out because they immediately disarmed me with their charm. I hate so you it. wanted to hate them. You you were you so going badly. in fully wanting to hate them. Yeah. Absolutely, I wanted to hate them. I was supposed to be at that game, and instead I had to watch as they subverted the best Notre Dame team of my lifetime up until that point with a play that honestly had ripple effects into now and helped create the brotherly shove like yeah you go back that is one of the most important college football games of the 20th century but also just in general one of the most important football games period because of what it ushered into existence in the bush push but yeah wanted to hate those guys and unfortunately could not um so thank you to matt for that while we were listening to that interview along with you guys uh, a thing happened here inside uh, our studio that I wanted to bring to light. So Kendra Middleton, who does a great job over at Nesson, tweeted out, I say this every year, but the disrespect for Thanksgiving is insufferable. And we're about at that time right now. So the, the calendar is clicked over to November. And I always use this day as a PSA to remind people, if you want to throw up the Christmas decorations today, that is your prerogative, baby. You do not need to live in fear of all these naysayers. I feel like this word has been co-opted, so I want to change it. I used to call it woke Christmas, which was this idea in theory that Christmas as a season can span from November until Valentine's Day if you want it to. Right. Because this isn't about some religion. This isn't about corporate greed. This is about using the light sounds, tastes, and all other elements of Christmas season as a mode to beat seasonal depression. Most of the country's under the permacloud at this point. If you're in a cold weather place, chances are you're kind of feeling the sads at certain points in this season. I know, Dad, you guys got your first snow in South Bend. This can be a means to combat that. If it makes you feel happy, damn it, there's enough sad in this world. Go ahead and do it because Christmas is a season and Thanksgiving is a day. It's a fantastic day. We can argue all we want about the merits of that particular day and what it means is what we can do on that holiday, but it's a day and we'll get to it and we'll love it up and we'll celebrate that weekend with football. But guys, I don't know if you agree with me. I think it's a day in the midst of a larger season. 100% you're correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if it, even if you are playing into the corporate greed, like I don't care. The Starbucks Christmas cups make me happy, okay? I don't care. I like them, all right? I don't care. They're the best. Yeah, I think this this is where I think, Mike, your mother and I are most proud of what we've passed on to you three kids, (laughs) you and Jake and Sydney, about understanding. And and, and you said it. And I mean, there is. There's going to be so much. Oh, my God. People starting to have their Christmas music going. Yes. We finished Halloween here in South Bend, and we had everything out for for that for Halloween. Gave out the candy, the big bars, and it snowed on us, but it's fine. People were out, and we put those away. We head out to Arizona. We will next week. Your mother will have the Christmas trees up, mm-hmm. and and with with no apology. Never has there been an apology because how can you be mad at something that makes you smile? I mean, when you hear Christmas music, when you see Christmas decorations, when you just see the and feel the atmosphere of Christmas and you're happy, how does that turn somebody off? How do you how do you become this hater of how early you do it because you think you're dissing Thanksgiving, which, as you said, Mike, and you're right, is a day is a day that we will celebrate. We will, I don't, you know, we will do all the Thanksgiving things on Thanksgiving and we'll watch our football and do our thing. But man, it is Christmas season. 
It makes us smile. It makes us happy. So I am all in on, always have been, always will be. Yeah, and we can't, I, I mean, it kind of comes back to the whole trend these days where it's like, just let people enjoy things. Yes. Like why, just let us enjoy, let us have this, you know? Completely agree. Jesse, you also brought up a caveat for Thanksgiving that yeah. I feel more yeah. need, people need to embrace because the Thanksgiving food comes in the crosshairs a lot. You've got an entirely different approach. Yeah, so my family decided years ago, we're just going to eat whatever we want for Thanksgiving. And if somebody wants to have a traditional thing, totally fine. We're cool with it. No hate. But like, for example, this year I'm hosting Thanksgiving. My mom's sending pounds of stone crab claws to my house. Like, because oh. we, want, we want stone crab claws. So we're going to get them. You can have whatever you want on Thanksgiving. Boom! I love that attitude. Mm -hmm. There we go. I hate when people say this, but normalize just cooking whatever baller food you want on Thanksgiving. It's a holiday to embrace gluttony and football. And we're going to do just that. Coming up next, we'll find out how Ryan Fitzpatrick feels about Christmas and maybe Thursday night football next. The 82-game preseason is in the books, and it's finally time for the real season. Don't miss out on any of the NBA playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. From the play-in tournament all the way through the finals, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. So whether you're bought in on heat culture at this point or think the Boston Celtics can survive a bump in the road, we got options for you. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code GOJO. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code GOJO only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. I'm Jesse Cofield. Charlotte Wilder is here. And we just got a list from Charlotte of her favorite sports, iconic uh, relationships, marriages, if you will, of all time. And guys, there is some hot gossip in the streets that we might have another hot pairing going down. The Taylor Swift is rumored to be casually hanging out with none other than Travis Kelsey. Guys, we're all Swifties here. What do we make of this? And how concerned are we about, you know, where this could be going? Is there going to be an anthem about Travis Kelsey and tight ends? What rhymes with tight end that would sound good in a song? I don't know. I, guys, jazzed about this. Charlotte, Dad, I don't know where you guys both fall on it. Charlotte, I actually do know where you fall on this. But I was taking a straw poll of a lot of my group chats yesterday that are largely based around Taylor Swift. And the general consensus seems to be good for her. Love her to get a meathead built in. And I say meathead so affectionately, but she has dated so many pretty boys, so many actors, uh, people around the world of politics, so many people. Uh, 
go and get you a big old boy. And Travis Kelsey is a big old boy. And Charlotte, I don't know why. That just makes me happy. He came and tried to speak her love language too, throwing out the friendship bracelet at the concert with the phone number on it, little delayed release on that. But ultimately, I, I hope this is true and that it seemed to have worked. I am obsessed with this. Ah. I am obsessed with this because this would mean that if they are dating, I have ridden a roller coaster with Taylor Swift's ah. boyfriend. <laughs> and that is a wild talk about a party trick. Are you kidding me? I also so before the Chiefs were good, Travis Kelsey was a staple at Super Bowl Radio Row. We we would talk to we would talk to Travis Kelsey every year. I have spent a lot of time with Travis Kelsey thanks to Old Spice because he was always ah. just and and the first year he wasn't, I I said to him, I was like, is it weird like not being on on Radio Row, and he was like, "Yeah, it is." Also, Travis Kelsey hugged me in the Chiefs locker room after they won a Super Bowl, and now I'm just bragging, and I sound like an idiot. But I I think that he people are like, "What?" I don't get it, and I think Travis Kelsey is very funny. I think he's very smart. I think that he and Taylor Swift share a little. There's like a little bit of mischievousness going on there in for for both of them that I actually think could be could be a great match. So. Shout out Travs. Right. Shout out right. Killer Trav. Okay. All right. So so let's be honest about this whole thing. It's oh, cool. Boy. It's cool, but we know it's not going to last. Oh, and my God. oh, oh come wow. on. It's not. Oh, Just, you're, please, oh, please. Wow. You're already so, writing the breakup oh, album? Senior. What? Yeah, it's it's not. So we think this is now the relationship that's going to when when entertainers, you know, all of a sudden love somebody and then write a song about them and then fall in love, you know, a month later with somebody else. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. You know what? I'm going to be the old man realist here. Do you want to date a, someone like Taylor Swift when you know now there's two parts to this? So when you know you're going to have a song written about you. Yes. After it ends. Now, number two, if there is someone who wouldn't give a damn and would actually embrace it and enjoy it, it would be Travis Kelsey having a song yes. written about. Travis Kelsey is one of the coolest, nicest guys I have met. And his story into football is fantastic with his brother at Cincinnati in college and, and the whole deal. But, I mean, yeah, it's a great story because he's a great guy. She is a, as, as popular as there is anywhere. But seriously... Any of you three think this thing lasts over a year? I mean, I will take oh, that bet see? right now. I, I don't know. I don't know. But what I will say is I think that what Taylor Swift has run into in terms of relationships is guys who are threatened by her. Guys who yes. think they can deal yeah, with her being famous and, the mo you know, brilliant and whatever. And I think an athlete is actually a perfect person for her to be with because they're not going to be, you know, all mopey when her album does better than theirs. Travis Kelsey understands the, that pressure of the moment better than anyone. And they're in different arenas. They're, they're both entertainers in some respects. They're both, you know, commanding huge stadiums. Um, yeah, they both work in football stadiums too. So, um, <laughs> right. But I, I really do think that, like, this is – this could be a recipe for a very healthy thing that actually works. Whether and it's Travis Kelsey, I don't know, but I'm all for Taylor Swift dating athletes. I don't think I you're wrong. Say. I don't think you're wrong about that. My only concern here is just that their jobs are going to keep them apart a lot. Hmm. You know, maybe like, that's good. Is it though? He can't like. You know, he can't. That's a lot of time apart. That's a lot of distance. Is that does distance well, make the heart grow fonder? 
He's got an off season. She keeps visiting NFL stadiums. Maybe something will overlap. <laughs> will overlap Listen, enough. Again, I think I think they're two great personalities getting together. Do not get me wrong. I think it'll be a fun ride. They'll have a ball. But I'm uh, a a Charlotte uh, a Wilder Wednesday a year from now. I looked at the calendar of September 24 right about now, and it would actually be on September 11th next year, 2024. That'll be a year. They will be done by then, if anybody wants to take that bet. I mean, I I don't want to take that bet. Why does that matter? Why does that matter, though? It's not about how long it is. It's about how good of a time they have in the interim. Yeah, we're not expecting this to be forever, but it's fun now. And if it's a signal of the start of her dating athletes, then that's even better. Good for her. She deserves that. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Listen, Gojo, Gojo, your dad is is on the same page as your mom, and they're trying to instill the idea that the end goal is marriage here. Okay? So he oh, cares. Oh, I can very clearly see he what's cares. going on. Yeah. yeah. The end yeah. goal that's is the, marriage. That's the only that's the only it's you know what it's like? It's like in a in a sport season where everyone says it's championship or bust, but then you get to the end of the season and you've formed meaningful relationships with your teammates here, you've accomplished things together, and it might not have ended in the title that year. And yes, while we're defining success or failure for some people that way, for others, hey, we learned a lot. We got better along the way, and that can still count for something. Dad, have you learned nothing from your time in athletics? But then you walk away alone. And we just don't want, me and your mother don't want you walking away alone, Mike. There are four people on this set. Three of them are are very happily married. One just for a few days. But still, I mean, that's that's what I, I, so my conversation is always sturdy, long-lasting, relationship-based. And I'm doing it for a reason. I love these two crazy kids going out. I think it's fantastic. I think they'll have a ball. But I like that long-term, lasting, loving fruitful relationship that me and your mother are hoping for you someday. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish someone would have asked Taylor about this last night at the VMAs because little mama was drunk out there. Oh, man. Yeah. Was, she was also, having herself a time. Also, Mike, she was teasing the re-record of Reputation Taylor's version. Woo! You see, it was a black dress and one leg was out like her Reputation outfit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that was a little oh, it was, she, won, she won nine Moon Men last night at the VMAs, too. She was out here cooking, man. I saw her rapping. The, the, way, the two ways that I knew that Taylor Swift, she is just like us, meaning fellow millennial, 1989 born, there were two moments at the VMAs last night where that became abundantly clear. The first was I saw her rapping word for word a Millie by Little Wayne that was playing there. <laughs> if you're anyone that got to college in the mid-2000s, the early aughts, when the Carter Three came out, you had that one down cold. You were ready to go. That was a summer anthem for parties going into college. And then the second moment was when they brought Sync back out together for their reunion the first time, and she lost her damn mind. It was the most pure, natural reaction. And I feel like Charlotte, Jesse... Dad, I'm going to exclude you from this because obviously you're not in our millennial age range. She was all of us in that moment watching our childhood come back together like Voltron on the stage. Because they come together, but never with Justin Timberlake. So that was the moment. He looked a little bit, too, like he didn't super want to be there, but I liked his outfit. (laughs) Yeah, he looked like he was like maybe being held at gunpoint, but, you know. He did yeah, it for us. Made a lot of money. Yeah. It's always tough being the biggest star and you go off back on your own and get used to making all that money on your own. And then your buddies are like, hey, what if we all came back and made some of this money together? And it's like, you mean I have to split it with you guys? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. I, I mean, they, they, they've come back and gotten together for certain things, right? But that is 
one of the biggest difference if you're talking about money. You know, all of a sudden you got to split it instead of getting it all on your own. Now, he shouldn't be one that worries about it, but that's the last thing in the world you say about people that have money is they'd like more money. Uh, but but they have gotten back together for certain situations, have they not? I would imagine that would continue, but I don't think any, obviously not on a consistent basis. Yeah, and what we're about to get is on a consistent basis, and that is very exciting. Coming up next, though, we need to revisit an old flame of Charlotte Wilder still next year on Gojo and Golik. All right, guys, uh, time to finish off the day the way we always do. This, that, and the third. Three quick stories to send you off on into your day. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review us. Leave us a five-star rating and check us out live Monday through Friday from 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern. But if you miss it or miss us, you can get all of it, including our great guests like Arizona head football coach Jed Fish, who joined us earlier today, wherever you get your podcast or right here on the DraftKings YouTube channel as soon as we finish at 10 o'clock Eastern every day. Also want to give a shout out if you're watching on YouTube right now and you see me rocking the new Cali Redwoods shirt from the Premier Lacrosse League there. A big congrats to those guys uh, this week. Made the announcement that the Premier, uh, Premier Lacrosse League is now going to have geographic locations for their teams. They've been barnstorming since their inception all the way back in 2018 and now dad looking at what this league has grown into seeing them you've got all these different teams that have affiliations the boston cannons obviously in boston the new york atlas the philadelphia water dogs the maryland whip snakes carolina chaos the denver outlaws <laughs> formerly the chrome lacrosse club the utah archers and of course the california redwoods which dad they sent along some gear for you too we got some shirts nice. you ready to go because in people not aware, the Redwoods, the team with the highest percentage usually year in and year out of former Notre Dame lacrosse players. So that is whom we root for and that is who we rep around here. So congrats to Paul Rabel and the guys over at the PLL for yet another big step forward in what's been uh, an historically groundbreaking venture into the next level of lacrosse. And it's been really cool to see for them. Don't be wearing my stuff. All right. They sent it to me. Don't wear it. I'll be out there calling a game for the Rams or the Chargers at some point here soon. So just put it away. Don't put it on. I don't need your body stretching the shirt into how it fits my sleek body. Okay? So let's not be doing any of that. Just put it to the side. You too. No, it makes sense. You're a little boy and you don't want the big old boy to go out here and stretch your shirt out here with this man body here right now so your bones can you mean fit the moves? inside this. Totally yeah. understand that. Okay. Oh, you right. totally understand. Whatever. That. Oh, no. Congrats to the PLL. Congrats to those guys. <laughs> Very excited to continue to rep the woods out here. Roll damn woods. Let's roll on into this, that, and the third guys for some big ones here. Yeah, it this is. This is an entirely Taylor and Travis theme. Travis, Travis, Travis. Oh, boy. Right? That's what this stands for today? Pretty much because, man, if you look at yesterday – one of the scariest things in the world happened to Travis Kelsey yesterday. This man had an army full of the internet's most premier sleuths going through his old tweets. And usually oh when that boy. happens with athletes, we wind up with something mildly racist, homophobic, yep. problematic that gets them in trouble. And instead, what we have got with Travis Kelsey <laughs> is the squirrel tweet. <laughs> this is poetry. As someone pointed out, Folklore XV1. Taylor Swift in 2011 wrote the lyric, from when your Brooklyn broke my skin and bones, I'm a soldier who's returning half her weight, and did the twin flame bruise paint you blue, just between us, did the love affair maim you too. The same year that Travis Kelsey tweeted, 
I just gave a squirrel a piece of bread and it straight smashed all of it. I had no idea they ate bread like that. Ha ha, hashtag crazy. And spelled squirrel, S-Q-U-I-R-L-E. Dad, if Webster doesn't change their dictionary definition spelling of squirrel to that, I am going to riot. That's the only way I'll endorse it from now um, on. Wait, sorry. He also spelled peace, P-E-I-C-E. Which is perfect. Not correct. In every way. Yeah. What what year was this? 2011. 2011. Oh, okay. All right. Ba- back in the back in the day when Travis was having a little bit of tr- trouble staying on teams, huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, say what you want about his behavior at that point then. His tweets were at least very wholesome. I saw another one that the Oklahoma Department of Wildlife retweeted where Travis Kelsey was asked by someone, would you rather fight a bear in the forest or a shark in the ocean? To which Travis responded, once again, I do not abuse animals. A lover of animals. (laughs) This guy is scoring high marks across the board at every turn. Let Let me also just say this. Pick 10 people. Walk down the street, pick 10 people. Tell them to spell squirrel and peace. And see how many get both correct. I, I the squirrel thing, you know, I could see how you could get a little jammed up with that one. But peace, uh, I before a lot of people e. have trouble with the I E E I thing, don't they? I before E, except after yeah, except you, you know, right, right. You just yeah. you can't you can't defend. All right. Also, like uh, no, no. I'm just, I'm just telling you. I think a lot of people would spell it wrong. I think I, so you're right. I, I'm. I think yeah. you're right. Which says more maybe about our current education system than Travis Kelsey. I will say big win for Travis, like you alluded to, Gojo, that like going back through his tweets and it's just like hilariously unproblematic, which is great. Yeah, finding out that Travis Kelsey actually has big golden retriever energy. Hugely, hugely big win. Uh, Up at Olive Garden with Papa. Had to grab the fettuccine with the chicken Alfredo. Hashtag schmacking. Travis, never change, Never brother. change. Good never change. Speaking, By the way, that's a great meal. It's yeah, a great meal. Speaking of schmacking, he was schmacking on uh, the Christmas album with his brother here, right? Okay, so now he actually, do you think he's getting tips from Taylor? He has his own album, not exactly. He's featured on a song. So he lent his vocal talents to a Philly special Christmas, the Eagles Christmas album, and he sounds amazing. Got cars, biggest bars, they got rivers of gold. But the wind goes right through you, no place for the old. When you first took my hand on a cold Christmas Eve, you promised me Broad Street was waiting for me. He sounded good. Well, Mike, remember we were out at Lake Tahoe when I golfed in that event in Lake yes. Tahoe. They they had the one of the nights they had karaoke. And he is renowned. He is well-known for going up there and just bringing down the house with his karaoke, and he did. There were plenty of people that went up there and sang, plenty of people, you know, who everybody knows pretty well. He went up there and just and just killed it. So that, Jesse, doesn't surprise me one bit after seeing his performance at Lake Tahoe. I like, that's the un finished version right like that's someone just filming him in the studio and he sounded so i was pretty much blown away but it sounds like it's not just taylor's influence on him if you you know saw him do karaoke no he's he's definitely got the chops yep. and the confidence in there but he does the fairy tale of philadelphia was for the christmas charity album that the eagles o-line did my unsolicited advice or tip with them would be if you want to save the world christmas tree farm 
Taylor Swift's Christmas song, have the Eagles O-line and Travis sing it with them. It benefits Philly. It feeds Philly's fandom that Taylor Swift's often been associated with. I know Papa uh, Swift was taking a little bit of heat from Jason Kelsey on the podcast for switching up and wearing the Chiefs lanyard. So this can solve a lot of problems with the musical talent they all now have available to them. But guys, let's get to the third. It's pretty good. Jesse. This is the part I wasn't expecting. In all the swelsy mania that we've seen take over, I didn't realize our animal friends would also be in the party. Yeah, the Kelsey party. is 2023's most popular dog name. Which, wow. Yeah, I, first of all, I don't really know how you track something like this. Um, what are they, like, polling people? It's not like you have to register your dog, so I'm not sure where they're where they're getting this from, but apparently Kelsey is 2023's most popular dog name, and I find that a little weird. I, I, I do as well. I, I didn't see that one coming. I'm not going to lie. That and And then, is that a... You know, I'm not going to sit there and say, name your pet what you want, that it's a bad name. But I have always been of the oak. Like, I have five dogs here now. You know, three dogs that, that Chris and I have. And then we have uh, Sydney and Ben's two dogs. Because, again, if you weren't with us earlier, my daughter Sydney uh, had a baby girl uh, last night. Uh, Alex, Alexandra, she is uh, 7 pounds, 11 ounces, 21 inches long. Mother and daughter are doing wonderfully. So we have their two dogs as well. What are you laughing at, Mike? What did I do wrong? Just the fact that anytime Ben or the baby come up, you have to list their entire resume and life story. I just think it's hysterical, actually, the tradition of, like, giving the stats like it's a prized fish that you caught. Seven pounds, 11 ounces, 21 inches. Every now and then when I, when I, uh, every now and then when I go do a talk and and people say, is your family large? I would say, you know, my dad was 6'4", 260 with Bob and Greg. And I'll say my mom was 6'3", 270. And I'll say it with a straight face. And people will kind of like chuckle a little bit. I'm like, why are you laughing? She was. She wasn't. But I just kind of like messing around. Back to the story that. really quickly. The, our dog names, Harry, Hank, Earl. For Sydney and Ben, it's Earl and Dorothy. I just, nice, easy, kind of once outside of Dorothy, we call her Dot. One syllable names, let's be done with it. Okay, but w- so they named one of their dogs the same name as one of your dogs? No it's, no, it's Ted, and he messed that up. Oh. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. That's okay. My I was like, mm, interesting. <laughs> like, Wait a minute. I screwed up. It's a really up. bold power play here to just <laughs> walk in and name their dog the same name as your dog. <laughs> like, our dog is named the same as your dog. We like ours better. We love them all the same. <laughs>